Father, we just thank you that tonight as we dive into the teaching and we dive into your word, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. We thank you that he is the one that has enlightened the eyes of our understanding. And I thank you that tonight he is showing us the hope of our calling. I thank you that he is giving us, like they were talking about in, in worship tonight, Lord, they're giving us a new perspective. Thank you that he's giving us the Father's perspective. Thank you that he's given us the pers- giving us the perspective of what things look like <laughs> from heaven, <laughs> where we are seated in heavenly places, and all things are under our feet because we're in Christ. Whew, thank you that there's a victorious perspective that the Father has 24-7. Thank you for the victory, Jesus, that is ours. And so, Holy Spirit, we just say go where you want to go tonight. And as I'm speaking, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be speaking to each and every listener, Father, whether they are whether they are near or far, whether they are here live tonight or whether they are listening somewhere halfway across the, the, the world. Holy Spirit, there is no distance in the Spirit. And so we just... Um, we take a moment just to acknowledge you, Holy Spirit, <laughs> to acknowledge your, your ministry that's going to take place tonight. And we just thank you for it. And I just yield myself now as a living sacrifice, Lord. Just think through my mind, speak through my words tonight. Ah. Yes, Lord. We just thank you for what you have for us tonight. As I was just praying, I just, um, I really just see this, I just see the sun shining in the, in the brightness of the day. And I feel this is a, a picture that the Lord is just showing us tonight just to say that, you know, the, that he is, <laughs> He is shining the light just on our lives. And, you know, when there is light, things become clear. And I feel like there has been a, a season maybe where things have not been clear for some of us. And I feel like the Lord is just saying that, that uh, the light is bringing clarity that the light is bringing understanding, and that the light is bringing revelation. And so I do think that there is a, uh, a clarity coming, a clarity coming. So I just release that, Lord. I release the light. I release the clarity, Lord. I release the revelation. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And I thank you, Lord, that we walk in the light, that we are, we are drawn to the light. And I thank you, Lord, that we live in the light. <laughs> and we just thank you for that. And um, I just feel led to, to read the story tonight of the Apostle Paul and uh, on the road to Damascus when that light shined around him. Um, so hold on, let me just grab that scripture really quick in Acts. All right, we're going to start reading 
in Acts chapter 9. So, I'm getting there. Okay, it says in verse 1, I'm reading in the message translation, it says, All this time Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples, out for the kill. He went to the chief priest and got arrest warrants to take to the meeting place in Damascus so that if he found anyone there belonging to the way, whether men or women, he could arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. He set off, and when he got to the outskirts of Damascus, it says he was suddenly dazed by a blinding flash of light. And as he fell to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? And Paul said, who are you, master? I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down. And I want you to get up and enter the city. In the city, you'll be told what to do next. His companions stood there dumbstruck. They could hear the sound but couldn't see anyone. While Saul, picking himself up all the gr- off the ground, found himself stone blind. They had to take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus. He continued blind for three days, and he ate nothing and drank nothing. There was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. The master spoke to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, master, he answered. Get up and go over to Straight Avenue. Ask at the house of Judas for a man from Taurus. His name is Saul. He's there praying. He has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter the house and lay hands on him so he could see again. Ananias protested. Master, you can't be serious. Everybody's talking about this man and the terrible things he's been doing his reign of terror against your people in Jerusalem. And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priest that give him license to do the same to us. But the master said, don't argue, go. I have picked him as my personal representative to non-Jews and kings and Jews. And now I'm about to show him what he's in for, the hard suffering that goes with this job. So Ananias went and found the house, placed his hands on blind Saul, and said, Brother Saul, the master sent me the same Jesus you saw on your way here. He sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again, and he got to his feet was baptized, and sat down with them to a hearty meal. Now I just want to go really quickly over to one other scripture. Uh, I prayed it already, but I want to go over to Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to start reading. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible, and I'm going to start reading in verse... 
17, it says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his and glory, of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. And so I read, started out with that story about Paul tonight because I, as the Lord began talking with us tonight about this light that's shining in our lives, I really want us to, to focus in on the, the power of this revelatory light uh, that when the Lord is, I, I would just want to, this may not be a physical experience for you tonight where there's this light like that's shining down on the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, but nevertheless, this light is shining. And I believe that it is the same light uh, that's shown around Paul because number one, it's, it, it, it it reveals, <laughs> it reveals Jesus. It reveals Jesus in ways that we have not seen Jesus before. And a lot of us have been walking with the Lord for a really long time, and we may think, you know what, we really know, we know Jesus, we know the Lord. But I'm telling you, there is a deeper revelation that God is wanting to reveal to us uh, about who he is. And this prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed, that a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that that would be granted unto us, I just really believe with all of my heart that this is um, exactly what the Lord is doing. He is answering that prayer in our lives, that he is revealing himself in more intimate ways. Uh, He is revealing himself in ways that we have not experienced him before. It may be ways that we have read about. (laughs) It may be ways that we know about, but for whatever reason, we have not experienced that in our lives. For some of you, it's, it's, you know, Jesus as provider. For some of you, it's Jesus as healer. For some of you, it's Jesus as um, uh, the one who heals the brokenhearted. Uh, For others, it's uh, the one who, (laughs) you know, redeems the days and the lost time for other ones it's if there's something about you know relationships and 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 restoring relationships and turning the hearts of people back and 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 you know delivering people from strife and division and so there is an attribute of god there is a a knowing an experiential knowing of the character of god and and a, a a way that that yes you believe intellectually that he is this but there has not been an experience necessarily of this in your life with him at this level and this light that's shining right now i believe that the primary purpose of this light is so that you can see the lord for who he is and you can enter into this experience of who he is you know it's not enough to know who he is in theory 
It's not enough to be able to say, you know, God is X, Y, Z, but never have experienced him as X, Y, Z. And I just believe that the Lord is, uh, you know, that, 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 even just that whole story about Paul, I mean, the whole thing is just an experience. It was a supernatural experience of Jesus from the moment that he got blinded to the moment that he got his sight back. The dream that he had got filled with the Holy Spirit, the direction he gave to Ananias with the very specific instructions. I mean, we read this story and we think this is just like, um, I don't know, something extraordinary that we read about. And I'm telling you that this is the kind of move that's of God that's going on in your life right now. And... The problem is, for a lot of us, is that we, like the Apostle Paul, are, we're just, we're kind of just oblivious, oblivious to what the Lord's plan is. We're oblivious to what exactly he's doing in, in our lives right now, at this, in this hour, in this moment. And I also just really feel that the Lord wants to talk to you about that, that he's doing something very specific in your life right now. Very specific. (laughs) And my question is, is do you recognize the work of the Lord? Do you recognize what he is doing in your life and in your heart? And uh, what is he inviting you into in this time and in this season in your life? And I'm just going to ask, you know, just ask the people here. I mean, are you, do you feel like you have a good, good idea of what the Lord is working in your life and in your heart right now in this season. Whew, thank you, Lord. And I, because I really feel like this is an opportunity, like it was for the Apostle Paul. I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. You know, the Lord just kind of had his way, <laughs> just had his way. And for some of us, I feel like we just need to hear that the Lord is going to have his way. The Lord is going to have his way in your life. <laughs> And the call of God on your life, there is a call. There's a call of God on your life. And who I just, just, I want to sit with that for a second, that, that there is a, a specific plan for you to walk out the call of God on your life. There is a specific um, path that you are to take to walk out the call of God on your life. Uh, I want to just keep going in Ephesians here to this scripture in Ephesians 2.10 that really talks about this. Um, and the Lord is is putting you on the right path. This light that is shining in your life right now is really about revealing the path. It's about, you know, in this, it's a, it's, for some people it is a corrective light. It's not, it, that doesn't mean that you're being, you know, spanked and punished it just means that you know if you're if you're groping around in the dark without enough light to see where you're going it's really easy to get off track it's really easy to stumble onto a path that you know maybe you didn't mean to even get on but when the light shines you can see clearly you know where where you are and and the lord can direct you on where he's taking you and so in ephesians 2:10 let me just read that really quickly Uh, I'm going to read it in the Amplified as well. Um, Here's what it says. It says that we are his workmanship, his own master work, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and ready to be used for good works. 
which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And so I, as a part of this, um, this light that is shining, um, there is a specific path that God is leading you down. For some of you, I really sense that the Lord has you kind of at a crossroads or at a place where there's uh, decisions to be made or, or you're not sure which direction to go. And I just want to encourage you to not do anything until you've heard clearly from the Lord. And in the same way that Ananias heard very, very specific instructions down to, you know, the street, straight street, where Paul was staying, that God wants to give you very, very specific instructions. We do not have to just um, live by trial and error. Uh, We have the same Holy Spirit that spoke to Ananias, the same Holy Spirit that filled up the Apostle Paul all those centuries ago. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you to think of the call of God on your life. You say, well, I don't have a call that's as big as the Apostle Paul. How do you know? How do you know? The same Jesus that lived in the Apostle Paul lives in you. The same Uh, spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you. So don't limit what the Lord is is wanting to instruct you to do. Don't limit uh, the call of God on your life, you know? And uh, these specific instructions, I, I I just really want you to press in. I feel the Lord's heart to just press in and get the specific instructions, you know, in my own life, I, um, I've really been pressing into this. I've been, you know, telling the Lord, like, we don't have to live naturally. You know, if you're living naturally, you're, you're living lower than your inheritance in Christ. I mean, if it's true that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, and that the same works that Jesus did, the word says that you can do, that you will do, well, there is no excuse really for us to be living naturally other than we don't know who we are. Or we haven't been taught that we should expect something more than natural living or natural life. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like in your life. I don't know what the supernatural on a daily basis looks and looks like in your life. But in, in my life, you know, building a ministry, building a business, it looks like that I don't have to do things the way the world does. And, you know, I'm just saying it doesn't take, it shouldn't take you the same process, the same learning curve as it does the world. You have access to the brilliance of God. You have access to the mind of Christ. And when he says he wants to give you specific instructions, when you hear the the instructions of God, those are miraculous instructions. I mean, pretty much in this story, the Holy Spirit was telling Ananias, you know what? Go make a blind man see. Put your hands on him and see. And he was sending him into a situation that seemed ridiculous and ludicrous because here this guy was, you know, Paul here was a, you know, know, tormenting Christians. And and so I just feel that too much of our lives, I feel like this is what the Lord is saying, is that too much of our lives are being lived naturally. That we don't have an expectation for high enough high enough, like a a higher expectation for the supernatural in our lives. 
And part of that, I believe, is the reason why this light, it's so important that the Lord shines this light, is because what happens is, is we just get, we, we get trapped in this illusion that the seen realm is all that there is. And we get trapped in this, in this realm where the eyes of our understanding aren't enlightened. And so we're just living like the apostle Paul was, which is blind. We're living blind to the, the realm of the spirit. We're looking, we're living blind to the, the, just like the way that the Lord is moving. I mean, here that the apostle Paul really thought that he was, he was in line with the will of God. And the truth is, he was totally off, totally off. And unless we've had heard the voice of God, now granted, it may not be an audible voice that we hear like the Apostle Paul heard, but it's the voice of God. It's the, it's the instructions of God that ensure that we are right on the right path. And if we are not hearing clearly, there isn't necessarily a guarantee that we are. And so living naturally means that we're somehow disconnected from his voice. And so I just, and that we're disconnected from what the Father is doing or what he is doing in, in our lives right now. So that's, you know, earlier when I asked you, are you clear about what the Lord is doing in your life? Are you, are you hearing his voice? And, you know, are you growing in your, your understanding of who he is in the circumstances of your life? You know, if, if, if there's a revelation and an experience of him that he is inviting you into in this time of your life, you know, are you, are you aware of that and are you partnering with that and are you connected and abiding in the vine with the Lord so that you are in step and in tune? And if the answer is no, I just want to invite you into a, a greater level of fellowship with the Lord. I want to invite you into uh, conversations with the Lord where you are hearing him as clearly as you're hearing me right now, where you are sitting down with your journal and you are, you are having conversations with the Lord that are bringing clarity and bringing direction and bringing instruction and bringing specifics. Enough of this vagueness. I, I just, I just, I just want to say that there is a, there is a precision available in the spirit. There is a precise way of living in the spirit that, that is not available to people who do not hear the voice of God. That is not available. And I'm telling you, we, I feel like there's a, there's a call in this hour. Like maybe we've been a little bit lazy. Maybe our expectations have just gone down lower or something. The Lord's bringing me, I mean, there's something about this story with Ananias and Paul and the, the exactness and the specificity, just the specifics that were included in that conversation and how clear the plan of God was being executed, even, you know, in Paul's ignorance. And I'm reminded of a testimony about this guy who was an investor. And he made millions and millions and millions of dollars just listening to the Lord. And he would actually go into his closet. He called it his prayer closet. And people would joke around with him and say, you know, you don't actually have to go in the closet. Like your prayer closet doesn't mean it can be, doesn't have to actually be a closet. And they would joke about it. But his prayer closet was a closet. And he would go in there 
with a particular investment opportunity or a particular thing that he wanted to invest in. And he would sit in there and put his like heart into neutral until he heard God specifically about that investment. And this man, because he cultivated that kind of practical, it's practical, not just, not just all spiritual, not just hearing God for, you know, the, the spiritual things in our life, but the practical things, the practical uh, details of how we're walking out uh, the call of God on our lives. I heard um, one of my mentors say the other day that every single day, this is just something to throw out here, that every single day there's an opportunity to make a million dollars that passes, that, that comes across our path. And I, I mean, I don't, I just had to kind of sit with that for a minute. But I, 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 there's this invitation, and I even feel like this has been going on for several podcasts now, this invitation to just come up higher, this invitation to, to see things from a new perspective and, and to uh, operate at a higher level. And it's very easy. I understand it's very easy to get our eyes uh, off of the Lord or just coast or begin to live naturally or uh, come out of that place where we are we are hearing details and precise things from the Lord. Um, but I, I, there is a vault, just a vault of wisdom. There's an inexhaustible supply of wisdom. Jesus Christ has been made unto us wisdom. And we have unlimited access to the wisdom of God. And, and he is doing something specific in our lives. He's asking us to, 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 to follow his lead. And he has specific instructions for us. Now, I want to just... Um, I want to go to 1 Corinthians. And um, I want to look here at second chapter. And I just really, um, I want you to enter into this tonight. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his power stirring in the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and um, rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. So let me read this in a different translation. Because I, I just, I believe that the Holy Spirit, while I'm talking tonight, is talking to you. And he brought me to this scripture. I mean, I wasn't thinking of the scripture. He brought me to this scripture. Um, but it it was this part where the Holy Spirit is speaking. Even now, the Holy Spirit is speaking. And if you don't know how to do this, like if you're like, okay, I, the Lord is like, I, I just feel, can almost feel like the questions in the Spirit. Um, the Lord is, I mean, let me say this. Pray in tongues for five minutes. 
If you don't pray in tongues, you can contact the ministry at info at shalice.com. We'll get someone to pray with you. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But when you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit for five minutes and then pray that you can interpret. I am telling you, you do not have to operate like the world. You do not have to operate at a level of of dark knowledge and confusion and, and intellectualism and man's wisdom. There is a wisdom from above. There is a strategy. There is a plan. There is instructions. And there is something specific that God is speaking. And when you pray in the Spirit, you just ask, say, okay, I'm going to pray in the Spirit for five minutes, and then I, I'm going to pray that I may interpret. Now, that's from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And Paul, it says, you know, that, that's the chapter where Paul said, oh, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Well, Paul also wrote two-thirds of the Bible. Here he was praying in tongues more than anybody, fulfilling this, this call of God on his life that started supernaturally. And so if he had to pray in tongues more than all of them, well, then there is, there is, a, there is a level of operating in the spirit that God is inviting you into. And th- this guy that would go into his closet and, and do these investments, I mean, there's a reason why God's sharing this testimony. I mean, there is a way out of poverty. There is a way out of lack. There is, an, there is a strategy for increase oh, that God wants to give you. There is a strategy for the people that you are praying for, for physical healing. There is a strategy for the conflict that's going on in, in the relationships in your family. There is a strategy, there is a strategy for every problem that you face every single day. There is a strategy. And you know, when you look at Jesus' life, there is a strategy to raise Lazarus from the dead. Granted, it involved him waiting three days before he got there. I mean, Jesus' life is a testimony of just problem solving. He was just a problem solver. He just solved problem after problem after problem after problem after problem. And he did that because he could hear God. And he only did what he saw the Father doing. And he was dependent upon the Lord uh, to, to be his motivator and his, his source. And I, I still want to go to 1 Corinthians 14 because that's where I feel like the Lord wants us to go because the, there's something about the Lord is saying praying in the Spirit. And I think sometimes as charismatic, Spirit-filled Christians, um, we just, it's like we've done certain things for so long Maybe we just need to be reminded of the power of, of some of the supernatural things that we take for granted. And here he says this um, in verse 13, 1 Corinthians 13. It says, so then if, if you speak in a tongue, pray for the interpretation to be able to unfold the meaning of what you are saying says, for if I'm praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what is being said. So I just feel like for those of you that are in a situation that you don't know how to handle, I feel like you can pray in tongues and you can pray for the interpretation. And if you've never done this before, you know what? It doesn't matter if you've ever done it before. It's simply... (laughs) Praying in the Spirit and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll give me an interpretation. The best way that I know how to tell people to do this is to get out a piece of paper with a pen 
And when you're done praying in the spirit, just begin to write and trust that whatever you're writing down is the interpretation of what you've just prayed. And here's the other thing too. There is a spirit mind connection that happens when you pray in the spirit. When I'm ministering to people or even sometimes when I'm preaching, especially when you're operating out of the realm of the spirit, it's like you've got to have your mind catch up with the spirit. And so many times you can just pray in tongues and and, and the words will actually come you'll actually begin to get an understanding where you met, your mind before you began to pray in tongues was completely blank, maybe even confused. But it's like this pipeline that starts to happen to your brain when you begin to exercise this. And I, I am telling you, I, there is a higher place that you are being called to live. And, it, and there is... <laughs> I mean, the Lord's just saying, you know, we read about these like heroes of faith or these people that did these fantastic things or these exploits or whatever. And and I just feel like the Lord is saying, stop thinking of yourself in a different category than those people. Whoever it is that you've been looking up to, like they're so super spiritual or they've just done something so obviously spirit-filled and spirit-led, he's like, you know what, they don't have any more of the the Holy Spirit than you do. They don't have any more access to, to my wisdom and my heart and my strategies than you do. Maybe here's the only difference is that, that they have learned how to live in that place of, of revelation. They've learned to live, to, to, they've cultivated hearing, hearing my voice or stepping out and practicing on this. And, and so this is, I just, you're in the middle of a supernatural operation. And this light that is shining around you is really just to make it clear. Clear what you're supposed to do. Clear about who you are and what you are what you are supposed to do in every situation. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, okay, so I'm going to go back now to uh, 1 Corinthians and... I was reading at the end of the chapter 1. I'm just going to go back and step into chapter 2 a little bit. Oops. Went to Romans. Nope. Okay. Let's try it again. Okay. Um, All right. You know, I just feel like the Lord is... You know, I'm going to read this in in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. Okay, so here the Apostle Paul is just really talking about this dependency upon God. And he's talking about proclaiming the secrets of God. The secrets of God. And I just, I just am going to, to share that you have access to the secrets of God. And that there are secrets that God wants to share with you. I want you to think about yourself. This is what I hear the Lord saying. You know, Abraham's, Abraham, he thought Abraham was like a, it was a friend of God, it says. You know, and there's this, the story about Abraham and God 
you know, going back and forth over the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm not going to go read the story, but it's like, you know, Abraham's kind of challenging God and saying, well, you know, if there's, if there's three righteous, if there's two right, if there's one righteous, you know, he's just kind of challenging God in this. And in the beginning of the story, you know, God's like, should I tell my friend Abraham what I'm going to do? And I, I just want you to step into this, because friendship is a place of secrets. You know, I have two little girls and... You know, secrets are not always a great thing when you have kids. Oh, she's telling a secret, you know. And when you have, you know, if you've got one friend telling the friend a secret, then the other friend feels left out because they're telling a secret, you know. And so you tell, no secrets. You know, that's kind of what you do with your with your kids. But, you know, then you then you think about secrets in, in, in the place of lovers, lovers' secrets. And I'm just telling you, there is an, in, ooh, there is an invitation into intimacy. There's an invitation into hearing the Lord and and not just what he's doing in your life, but what is he doing? What the heck is he doing? I know I remember before I ever even moved to Woodland Park, I mean, there are things that are manifested in this mountain today that I saw 2006, which is now 12 years ago, that didn't exist. I didn't live here, didn't even know about this town, didn't know about anything. And the same way the Lord was sharing, it was really a vision of what, well, here's what I'm going to do, Shalise. I'm going to do this. And I, there, are, there are visions God wants to give you for the nations. There's visions that God wants to give you just for all kinds of things. And if one thing distinguishes you, if one thing makes you different from everybody else, let it be your intimacy with God. Let it be your friendship with God. Let it be your experiences and your encounters with God and your dependence upon him and your, your, your secrets that you get in that place of intimate fellowship and intimate worship. I mean, you got, you know, I feel like a lot of times I, I talked with someone, I mentor, I mentor a lot of people and coach a lot of people, my Emerge students and now we've got uh, rolling out some new programs that are going to be coming for graduates. And, you know, I'm just mentoring executive coaching people and stuff. And I have one particular person that I was talking with this week. And, I mean, I just literally said, they were just talking a little bit about how they kind of felt lukewarm or just didn't feel like, you know, I mean, it's almost like they've got such an incredible gifting. This is a leader, spiritual leader. And, you know, you can, just, you can just open up your mouth and you can minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can talk, you can teach, and, you know, God's right there with you. You have so much wisdom. You've studied the Word. You've, you know, you've been in this for a long time. And what I told her is, and I'm going to say this because this is a word for a lot of people. It's not a word people really like to hear. But some of us are just living too safe. And we're living lives where we don't actually have to have the Lord show up. And we're not doing things that, frankly, let me just say this, are scary. I mean, they're scary things to do. And whatever that might be, you know, um, things that, that really make you, in, put you in a place where you just require the Lord. Like, you just require the Lord. He, he's not optional. I mean, he's, he's, he's required. And, you know, I always think it's interesting when I read the story about, the Israelites in like Deuteronomy chapter eight and some of that, you know, he'd be like 
Make sure that when you get into the land that you don't forget the Lord your God. You know, when your belly's full and you've got wine coming out of your vineyards and, you know, you've got milk and honey and whatever, make sure that you you don't forget the Lord your God. Why? Because there's something about living comfortably that makes the Lord optional or just a little less necessary. And this place of intimacy, this place of of secrets, this place of getting specific instructions from God and getting on this path that he's got for you, there is truthfully nothing, let me say this, there's nothing else really more important than this. You know, sometimes I feel like young people forget, you know, the older you get, the more life you've lived, the more fleeting you realize it is and how short it actually is and that we're only here for a blimp and it's a blink of an eye. We're just here this long. And, you know, there's a lot of things in life that at the end are not really going to matter. And, you know, I feel like that it's really the things that the Lord has done through you Those things are the things that he's going to say in that day, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, it's not the the things that you did independent from him, not the good works that you did, not the nice things that you did. It's really the Father's work through you that ultimately is what, is what the, what is, you know, what the Lord is doing in the earth through his body. What is the Lord doing in the earth through his body? And you have a part to play. You have a role to play. And if you're in a place where your life is too comfortable, it, it, then there's, you, you, you definitely need to pray in tongues. <laughs> you definitely need to pray in tongues and find out what is the Lord asking you to do. Because he's bringing you into a place where you are going to need him, where you, he is going to be your source. And he wants to do something through you. So, but the Apostle Paul here said, you know, that he was going to be sharing God's God's secrets. But he also said that he wasn't going to rely on himself to do it. You know, he was saying that he was, he was going to rely on the Holy Spirit. And he says, for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic. Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God, and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but proved to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. And so I just want to stop there for a minute because this is sometimes I feel like we we have so much good teaching we have so much we can consume I mean we can go on YouTube and consume message after message after message we can I mean there's just so we can read amazing books um, we can go about a lot of Christian activity but is the power of God, who is the power of God working? And is, the, is there this demonstration of the Spirit in your life? And are you, are you really connected 
really connected to the instructions of God and, and living, let me say this, from miracle to miracle, are you experiencing the miraculous power of God? You know, is your faith resting in the power of God? And are we out of this place of man's wisdom? Hmm. You know, I, I've known this for, you know, in my own life, and, and I, I believe this is a word for anybody that wants to grab it, but God is leading us. For those that are willing to go, not everybody's willing to go, but God is leading us those of us that are willing to go into a place where the supernatural is not optional. And I think a lot of times we, you know, sometimes you can think, I mean, this is how crazy you can think. Sometimes you can think that there's something even wrong with you for needing the supernatural. When actually the supernatural is just normal in the kingdom. So I just want to say, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid to answer this call. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear stop you from seeking first the kingdom. And... I, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just not called to nine to five people. Um, and what I mean by that is just people that live in that world of this, you know, just nine to five jobs and paying their paychecks and, you know, paying their bills and going to work Monday through Friday and then coming home and paying their bills and then getting back up on Monday and going to work and paying their bills, working for the man. And I am so not meaning to be offensive to you if that's your life. Um, but I will say this, I want to challenge you and say, is that actually what God has called you to? Is that what God has called you to? And I'm not against work. I'm not against you having a job. I'm just making sure that your life, I I just want to speak that, that I just want to challenge you to say that your life is aligned with the will of God. You know, I know for me, when I surrendered my life to the Lord, there has really been no confusion. I'm not saying I didn't have a day of confusion. Of course, everybody, you know, can, it's like a, but about what the will of God it was for my life. And it was jump into the deep end with both feet. Don't look back. Don't, you know, they say count the cost. Well, you know what? Leave the boats, whatever just whatever the cost was to be in the middle of God's will. You know, and that means moving. If it means quitting your job, it means going to work for this person or going to this assignment, doing this, being faithful in this particular assignment, knowing. But in order to do that, you have to be able to hear God. And you really have to hear him clearly. I mean, you just, and then, you know, and so I just... I just want to, whew, thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that every person within the sound of my voice hears your voice. And I thank you, God, that you definitely have specific instructions, specific directions that you are wanting to give them. Yeah.
I thank you for the, the intimate friends and the intimate lovers that are listening tonight. I thank you that they're, they are hearing your secrets. They are tapping into strategies and just, just wondrous things. I just hear great and wondrous things. <laughs> just great and wondrous things that we don't, we wouldn't know, Lord. And so I just release downloads. I, I just release downloads, Lord, the same way that Moses got uh, dimensions for the tabernacle and Noah got uh, dimensions for the ark. Uh, the same type of download that Ananias got, the same kind of download that the, even the Apostle Paul said, you know, Ananias had a dream. Father, whether it comes in a dream, whether it comes through an interpretation of tongues, whether it comes from a journaling time right now, I call forth the downloads. I call them forth in Jesus' name. I call open pipelines. I call, I call you know, if it was an internet connection, I call gigabytes of data transfer <laughs> from the mind of God into the... Onto the pages of our journals, God. Onto the computer screens of our computers, God. Uh, just into our consciousness, God. I call forth this wisdom, this wisdom, this wisdom, this wisdom, this, this intimate knowledge, these secrets, God. Woo! Thank you, Lord. I come against confusion. Where there has been confusion, where there has been um, a dullness, God. And I call people into a place of, of whatever walking on the water looks like for them, God. I call them out of the comfort zone. <laughs> I just call them out. Too late, I already said it. I call you out. I call them out of the comfort zone, Lord. I call the doors of opportunity wide open, and I call that they're walking through them, Lord. I declare that there's opportunities that are being pursued by your people, God. They see the open door, and they're walking through it. Who? Fearlessly. I, I just declare fearlessness. Fearlessness to walk through open doors fearlessness to walk through open doors. Whew, thank you, Lord. I call people out of prisons, God, of all kinds. All kinds of self-defeating behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors, God, and thoughts and mindsets and cycles of thinking that have kept people in bondage and trapped and stuck in a, in a, in a way of being and a way of life, God, that is not the one that you created for them. I call them out of those places, Father, of, of uh, low-level existence, and I call them into freedom. I call them into a place, Father, where they are free to pursue the dream that you have for their life. I just thank you, Lord, that you are connecting people with dreams. You are connecting them with, the, just like you did with, <laughs> with, with the Apostle Paul and Ananias. God, you're connecting people with dreams. Woo, you're connecting people with dreams. You are giving dreams to your people, Lord. You are get, and we just release those dreams now. We release the interpretation of dreams. We release the instructions from dreams. Lord, we release those dreams. Thank you for that. Thank you that there is seriously such a onslaught of revelation. There's an onslaught. It is so it is turned on full bore. And God, I just break off this dullness. I break off this obliv oblivion. <laughs> I break off this slumber. 
off of your people, off of your church tonight, God. And I just declare we are being completely um, bombarded. I just see this bombardment. We're being bombarded with truth bombs. (laughs) Just a bombardment, God, of truth. We're being bombarded with truth, God. And there's an explosion, God, in our spirit. I just release explosions, Father. I just say we're coming alive. We're coming alive. And we're just exploding with revelation. Whoa. I just feel that the Lord wants to release these words over your life tonight, this, this, this prophetic word over your life that you are, you are awakening. You are awakening. You are awakening to the realm of possibilities, the realm of impossibilities, the realm who. where the supernatural is just normal. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and I just feel like you need to begin. This is this is just a simple, I just heard this in the spirit. Stop asking him for things and start thanking him for things. And that doesn't mean, let me say this way, like let's say you would have prayed for something. Instead of praying for something, thank him for the answer to your prayers as though it's already done. So say you were going to pray, oh, Father, thank you. You know, I, I want you, please heal Becky. Let's just pretend that's the prayer. Heal Becky, Lord. Father, I ask that you would heal Becky. No, this is the way I hear the Lord rephrasing it. No, thank you, Lord, that you've healed Becky. Thank you, Lord, that you've just begin to worship him, that he's already done it. Whatever it is that you were about to pray for, whatever you were about to pray for, you just begin to thank him that he's already done it. I mean, instead of, I just really feel like the prayers are becoming declarations of thankfulness for what has already been done. And I feel like there's a shift that's coming in your perspective and in your perception that this, that as you begin to thank him and sort of begin to ask for things, you begin to thank him for things that there's a shift that's going to happen in your perception from that. And you're going to, you're going to start to recognize how many things are actually done. There's a shift that's coming in the way that you see things, the way that you see time, the way that you see, the way that you perceive reality, the way that you perceive space and time and the spirit. There's a, whew, there's a massive revelation coming and it is going to transform the way you talk and the way that you ask and pray. And you're, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a power coming out of your acknowledgement of things. That, have, that God is not just doing, but he's already done. It's going to lift you outside of the constraints of time. And I just feel like you're going to be living from a future that doesn't yet exist, but absolutely is real. In, in every area of your life. You're going to be living from a future that does not yes, 
yet exist in time, but is absolutely real. Thank you, Lord. And there's direction. There's direction coming from that place. There's direction coming from your future. There's direction coming from your future that will bring you to your future. Whoa. There is direction from your future that will bring you to your future. You are about to be a time, you are about to transcend time and become the traveler of time. Thank you, Lord. Living, you're going to live from a future reality that does not yet exist but is absolutely real. And so I'm just listening. I'm just, I, the other thing that I, I, I really want to encourage you with is it, in, in, when you're in the midst of an upgrade, which we all are, we're all in the midst of an upgrade right now. There's, God's changing our minds about something. He's, he's bringing in us into a new level of understanding and from that new level of understanding, new ways of being that are, gonna, that are coming from that. That are not that he's changing us. We're getting an agreement with what he's already changed. And but in the in the midst of that of an upgrade, in whatever upgrade God's doing in your life, just there is a you can't you can't you can't go into the new season doing the same things that you were doing in the old season, you know? And so for some of us, it means that we're going to have to change our, it's just something as simple as our daily routine. Uh, We're going to have to get up earlier. We're going to have to make spending time with God a a priority. We're going to have to, I don't know what changes in, in the new upgraded version of you the future you, I don't know what the future you's doing that is different than what you're doing right now, but but I but there are some things that the future you <laughs> is doing differently. Oh. And so partnering with the Holy Spirit to know what those things are. And for a lot of us, let me say this. I mean, I know this is a true in my own life too. I'm telling you, staying awake is not optional. Staying, walking in the spirit, staying in the place where you are connected, abiding, hearing God. You know, we we can't, like Bill Johnson says, you can't afford to have a thought in your mind that's not from God. We we can't we we can't afford flesh days. You know, flesh flashes, whatever you want to call them. I mean, we we really have to we have got to develop a higher level of connectedness connectedness to the vine where we're not going in and out in and out or if we're out we're in faster <laughs> we get back in faster there is a way of life that a new the new and some for some of it it may be exercise for some of you it may be a new diet for some of you I don't know what these changes are but I believe the Lord's already spoken to you about some of these changes and that that his grace is there to help you make them his grace is there to help this upgrade process to this new level of manifestation in your life. Thank you, Lord. 
So I've said an awful lot tonight. Holy Spirit, how do you want to wrap it up as we just wrap things up? I don't know. I'm back to the light. I'm back to this picture of this bright, bright, bright light. And one of the things that I feel like the Lord is, this light is designed to do, and I know I said this when I prophesied, I don't know, it's been several weeks now ago, but one of these things that this light is designed to do is it's shining really, really bright so that you can see you. So that you can see you. I mean, there are false concepts of our identities and who we have believed ourselves to be that God has just had about enough of us carrying that around. I mean, I really see it. It's enough. It is enough. And and it is really like, I mean, it is a, it's a serious thing that he is really saying, it's enough. It's enough you've been carrying around this false image of yourself, this, this low opinion, this false, this, and a lot of it is, is self, um, there's a self-torment to this. There is a self, when I say torment, it's, it's, it's tormenting. It's, it, there's a tormenting component of this, the way that you view yourself. There is a, uh, and, and God is saying, enough, enough. And this light is very, very bright. <laughs> I mean, it is like, and, and the thing about it is, is that we've been afraid, some of us, to even look. Um, but I feel like the Lord is, it's like distort, there's no place for distortions in this light. And, and, it, and it's like you, it, some of us have been looking at ourselves through like a funhouse mirror. And it's all distorted and it's all, we just don't see ourselves the way that we, the way, the, clearly. And, and God is just, he is destroying this mess. This, this light is just like you, you're not going to be able to view yourself through the distorted, dark lenses that you've had. And so that's a big part of why that light is shining so brightly. It's not to expose your flaws. It's to expose your perfection. It is not to expose your sin. It's to expose your power. Your power over, I mean, over, it, it, it is, and it is, it is also there to expose um, and really expose the enemy. Um, and, you know, it's funny because the enemy really is like a cockroach in a sense. You know, it's, it, he's a scaredy bug. He's a scaredy bug. And he's been so elevated and so whatever, but he's just, he's scared. He's scared of the light and he's scared of you. He's scared. And so he's going to be scampering. 
It's going to expose the enemy and he's going to flee. He's just, that light is just, it's just going to dispel that darkness, just dispel it. So it's going to expose you, not in a bad way, in a good way. It's going to expose who you really are. It's going to expose your perfection. It's going to expose this beauty of, of your identity. And it's going to expose the enemy and his powerlessness and his fear of you. And it's also going to, feels like it's going to set things right. That's what I hear the Lord saying. It's going to set things right. Because in the light, you can see what's out of order. And I feel like he's going to, it's going to show you what's out of order so that you can set it in order. And it, there, again, it's not, con- it's no more condemning than if you turned the light on and you saw you, the lamp on your nightside table had fallen over. You would turn on the light. You Maybe you didn't see it when the light was off, but when you turn the light on, you're going to be like, oh, let me fix that lamp. And you walk over and you just set the lamp back up right the way it's supposed to be and you go about your business, right? It, so there's no, con- it's literally just a setting right of things that have been just out of order and out of order. And it's, it's so, it's just like a, it's organizing. It's, it's not like, you know, you don't think, oh, organize, you don't even, I think most of us think maybe we're just neutral about organizing. It's not, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. You know, you just, you just, I'm going to organize this. So I just see this organization. Whoo, I feel that. I just feel an organization coming it, it, with your, with uh, just setting things right in your life. And the Lord is like saying the right relationships are going to be replacing the wrong ones. Amen. That the right, whoa, the right, just the right thing, the right things are going to be established. There's just a setting right, setting right, rights of setting rights of, of also things that that are not just are wrong, like the wrong things are going to be out and the right things are going to be in, but I also see, see a righting of wrongs, a righting of wrongs, things that have been wronged. I see the light is going to set them right because I feel like this light is uh, it's shining so bright that the things that you are connected to are being impacted by it. And I, the Lord is just bringing me back now to why another reason why we read Paul and Ananias tonight. Because he says, I'm correcting those that need to be corrected. I'm correcting those that have persecuted, that have operated in a wrong spirit thinking they were right. And that if God can set Paul on, on fire for Jesus and, you know, when it's not like we're trying to, you know, like they're going to get what's coming to them. No, they're going to get, they're going to see things clearly. They're going to see themselves clearly. There is the same thing that's happening in your life is also happening in their life. And so the, the ways that they have been operating out of who, they're, not their true identity there's a, a time they are coming into a place of recognizing, not that they were just wrong, but just recognizing, whoa, I've been living in a false persona. I've been living as Saul when I'm really Paul. I've been living in a, 
in a, a life that wasn't exactly what I was even supposed to be living. So this correction is a good thing. It's not some kind of negative thing. It's, you know, like we're retaliating against these people or something. It's, no, no, no. This is a revelation of their glory. They're coming into a higher recognition. And this is what the Lord is saying, even in some of those situations. He's making sense to me, you know, all the scriptures he's brought to us tonight. And he said, I don't want you to, you know, for those of you who have been, you know, that person, (laughs) Ananias kind of, will be clear that God's been delivering you from fear in this situation. And he says, in the same way Ananias had to confront what he was afraid of, that is exactly what's happening here too, is that we we are being asked by the Lord to confront the very things that we are afraid of. And all this happens in the context of the light. So thank you, Lord, for that. And he says, this is, you know, I just, as I'm sitting listening, it's just, I mean, this is what I'm doing. This is, he says, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing in this hour. I'm shining the light. And I am correcting people's images of themselves. And I am dealing with terror and fear. And I'm setting people on the course of their destinies. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you for all of that. We just pray that you'll continue to um, speak to us about all of this. And Lord, as we, you know, listen to the podcast and maybe we need to listen to it a couple of times, Lord, I pray that you will um, just draw us in, draw us in, draw us in, draw us in, draw us in to what you're doing. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Well, awesome. Well, I just want to just acknowledge those that are listening to the podcast tonight. I just want to... you know, we've got listeners really all over the world that are listening, and I just want to just thank you for tuning in and the opportunity to, to speak into your life. And I encourage you to support the ministry, support the podcast. If you are being blessed and touched uh, by the podcast, you know, go on over to Shalise.com, sow a seed, help us continue to spread the word uh, of these messages to as many people as possible. And uh, also, hey, consider signing up for Emerge. If you haven't downloaded my copy of my book yet you can get that at www.thepathfreebook.com and in the book you will learn the same five questions that I take all of our Emerge students through that will totally transform your life your relationship with God and get you extremely clear on what your life purpose is and how to begin to pursue it so I just bless you bless those listeners and uh Just thank you again for listening. God bless.